Uncle Lou beckoning the final children to go with him. If you want to grab your Bible, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. You can find Isaiah, just turn back two books. Past Song of Solomon, you'll hit Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And I want us to read verse 8. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8. Hear now the word of the true and living God. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you have given your word to your people. Jesus, we thank you for being the word in flesh. Holy Spirit, we thank you for brooding over us and convicting and comforting as you sovereignly deem fit. Glory to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, now and forever and to the ages of ages, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, the, the end of the year, we often utilize the end of the year in order to look forward, right? We, we stand here at the end of 2021, we look to 2022, and we ask, well, how's it going to be better, right? How, how will 2022 be better than 2021 for me, for my family, for the church? There really is no way of knowing what the future holds, Amen is a good response there, yeah. I, I believe that one of the things that COVID has done is it has exposed our hubris in this matter. We really don't know what the future holds. And yet, God has, in his word, more or less explained that to us, that, that it's actually the end of a thing that's better than the beginning of a thing. Here in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the end of the year is not so much a time for future speculation, although, I mean, as long as we make our plans and remember to keep in mind that if the Lord wills, we will do thus and such at this time and those sorts of things. Uh, it can be a good and beneficial thing in that regard. But the end of the year ought to be a time for sober reflection where we, the patient in spirit, look back and determine how the end of this year is better than its beginning. Realizing that it is God who has brought us to the end of this thing. And it is God who brings us to the end of all things, so that in humility we would gain wisdom. Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. I'm persuaded it is probably the final book that King Solomon wrote, and that he wrote it He wrote it as an old man, perhaps, and he's a little bit jaded. He's very cynical. Yeah, he, he looks upon things and he's like, uh, the pleasure, that's eh, no good. Wealth, eh, it's not really all it's cracked up to be. Uh, and he just goes right through the list of all the various things, just kind of shooting it down like, eh, 
It's not that great. Meaningless. Vanity. Hebel. It is, it's all meaningless. Here in chapter 7, there's sage wisdom here where he is making these contrasts, how this is actually better than that. For example, verse 1, good names better than precious ointment. Day of death is better than the day of birth. That one might be a noodle scratcher, but I think if we put our thinking caps on, we can get there. Better in the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Sorrow, verse 3, is better than laughter. Verse 5, it's better for a man to hear rebuke, uh, the rebuke of the wise, than to hear the song of fools. And this inexorably leads to verse 8, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. How is the end better, and how can the end make us wiser? Well, let's take some time and just reflect. Uh, One of my instructors used to say, you know, you can treat Scripture like a snicker bar and just pop and it's gone or you can treat it like an all-day sucker and and that's what i want to do just for a few minutes this morning is, is reflect on these words here in ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8 and i think one of the first things that if we think about it long enough in our reflection we realize you know sometimes the end isn't better but there are times when the end is not better and we should expect that because like all wisdom literature these Moral maxims are generally true. There are times when, well, they're not necessarily true. They're not always true. We can go through Scripture and we can identify when there are times when the end was not better. For example, we could talk about the when, when evil culminates in its climax. When evil endeavors reach their goal, their end, it's not better. Right at the very beginning of the Bible. The temptation of Adam and Eve. That temptation ends in their sin. It's not better. The end was not better with the first sin. Or the ventilation of Cain's wrath and his rage against his brother. I mean, that story started off with so much promise. I've got a man from the Lord. And it ends with that man slaughtering his brother. The end was not better. I mean, we could even do this from our own experience, right? Every time we give in to temptation, the end is not better. Yeah, sometimes when, the, when, when evil culminates in its climax, it's not better. But there are also times like when there are good endeavors that end in failure when the end is not better. One notable example is from the story of Joseph. You remember that he brought his whole family down to Egypt. It was a cause to celebrate. There was, the, the, the family had been united. Jacob, his 12 sons, they journey down and they get to stay in the land of Goshen, land of plenty down there. The whole family's finally reunited. There's a great celebration as Jacob, the father, is reunited with his son that he thought was dead, Joseph. And, and essentially, at that point, Jacob says, look, I can, I can finally die a happy man because I've seen you once again, Joseph. Genesis 46 chronicles the journey down to Egypt. However, just years later, that joyous journey turns to oppression, turns to slavery as the Egyptians enslave the children of Israel. 
It was a good little endeavor, but it ended in slavery and oppression, and well, in that case, the end, not necessarily better. And then there are instances where you have lives, and there's so much promise in those lives, and yet they end in tragedy. I think about the reign of King Saul. Israel's first king, head and shoulders above everybody. This is the guy. In fact, his reign begins with so much promise. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Uh, once he is anointed, Samuel, the prophet, says to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There's none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, Long live the king! Oh, it's great. Such a, a promising reign beginning. Long live the king. But we know the rest of the story. Chapter 15, the kingdom will be taken from him. David is eventually anointed. And we anticipate the prospect of his coming kingdom. David will not take it on his own. He won't take it by force. No, it's the reign of Saul that must end, and it does end in tragedy. He dies in battle. His head is cut off in 1 Samuel 31. Uh, his uh, body desecrated. Yeah, this was a, a promising life, and it ends in tragedy. Perhaps no greater example exists than Judas. Judas, whom the gospel writers say he was, he, he's the betrayer. He betrayed Jesus. He was an apostle. He heard Jesus, the prince of preachers, the best preacher that ever walked the planet. That was Judas's preacher. He had all the spiritual advantages that one could want. And yet he persisted in, in unbelief. He persisted in his sin, and it results in him betraying the Lord of glory. Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16. It results in his suicide. Matthew 27 and verse 5. Now the end, not better. So there are times when the end is not better. But generally speaking, this is a truth. That the end is better. When is the end better? Well, it's how about when... Those, those evil endeavors are actually, uh, they, they end in failure. How about, how about when that happens? Yeah, I, I think that's when the end is better. How about the wicked work of the evil one? That began in the Garden of Eden. Remember, we talked about the temptation of Adam and Eve and how that culminated in the first sin. That's not better. And yet, the work of the evil one there in the Garden, it ends at the cross of Christ. On the cross, through his death, Jesus is destroying the work of the devil. He's undoing. He is countering the devil's work. And he's delivering people from lifelong slavery to the fear of death. The writer of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. John tells us in 1 John 3 and verse 8 that the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the work of the devil. And in that case, the end was better. Better is the end of the devil's work than its beginning. Yeah, that's one instance where the end is better. The end is better also when good works are successfully completed. The Bible's full of these examples. 
where the saints of God, they begin a good work and they bring it to completion. How about, uh, how about Noah? I mean, he began work on the ark at some point. And then he completed that good work. And by the ark, he was able to save his family from the flood. Genesis 6 and verse 20 says, Noah did all that God commanded him. The end was better for Noah and his family. Moses leading the children of Israel out of slavery through the Red Sea, the Exodus. Yeah, that was an example where the end was better, freedom from slavery. How about the return from exile back to the promised land? Especially those led by Ezra, Nehemiah. You have whole books devoted to that. The end is better. But perhaps no work is greater than the work of Christ in the atonement. The work of Christ in dying for sinners. Dying for us. No work is greater than that. And we know on the cross, last thing Jesus says, it is finished. The work of atonement, the good work, the glorious work of God in saving people from sin is finished on the cross. The work of redemption successfully completed by Christ on the cross. The end is better. What about the good work that God is doing in us? We know that He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. Philippians 1, verse 6. Yeah, the end is better. We can go on and on. Why is the end better? I have just a few reasons. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think these three reasons are sufficient to point out to us the advantage of hindsight. The first is, uh, the end is better because when we are at the end of a thing, we can form a proper judgment about it. I, I think about, like, a court case. You know, when, when the jury renders a verdict, they don't do it at the very beginning before they've heard any evidence, right? Well, I mean, they're not supposed to, but <laughs> a court of public opinion and all that jazz, right? Well, the jury's supposed to hear all the evidence, and once they've heard all the evidence and testimony and all that, then they render a verdict. They can form a proper judgment about the thing. Here we are at the end of 2021, brothers and sisters. All the evidence, as it were, for the year, nearly in, just a few days remaining in this year. And as you reflect, the intention is you are to soberly evaluate how 2021 was for you. Even if the year was particularly difficult, here at the end, it's better because you can evaluate the, the year as a whole. All the, the evidence, as it were, and, and you can form a proper judgment. Even if it was difficult, you can still say, well, this is the year the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad that He's blessed me with another year of life. We can form a, a proper judgment about a thing at the end of it. The end is also good because when you come to the end of a thing, you can, you can better see what the purpose of it was. What was the purpose behind this particular thing? I think about suffering, for example. We, we don't always know the, the glorious purposes and the good purposes that God has for all the suffering that we endure. He does have good purposes for it, by the way. We're not always privy to the mind of God when it comes to that, but there are times, I am persuaded, we can look back and we can see not only that the Lord brought us to and through that season of suffering, 
But we can see why he brought us to and through that particular season of suffering. And we're supposed to look back and evaluate why that was. Considering all that you've been through this year, and we've all had our particular individual journey in this thing, as you consider that, you may not understand exactly why you went through it, but surely there are instances in your mind that stand out as you reflect and you can turn back and you say, oh, oh, that's why I went through that thing this year. Better is the end in that regard. Proper judgment, you can recognize the purpose behind the particular thing you went through. And then finally, there is benefit. When you come through and you come at the end of this thing, you are better able to see if there was any benefit to it. I, I think about, and I think this is one that may be common for many of us, a Bible reading program. Uh, a a year-long Bible reading program. You, you come, you, you, you stick to it all year long, you're, you're with it all throughout the year, and you come to the end of the year, and you can look back and you can see the spiritual progress that's been made in your walk with Christ. You've benefited from it. It's challenging when it comes to some years, right, to look back and see, what was the benefit in this? What was the benefit of 2020, right? And yet, better is the end. We can look back and we can recognize, was there benefit? Was there benefit for you in 2021? And only you can answer that in your own heart of hearts. The, the challenge for us, we're time-bound creatures, and the challenge is to recognize that God, the eternal God, exists not only outside of time, but he also deals with us in time. Being time-bound creatures, we're inclined to just focus on a single year. Was it better or not? But as Christians, I believe we can keep in view the larger picture of redemptive history the larger picture of what God is up to from eternity to eternity and keep in view the larger trajectory of time and history. The end of time will be better than the beginning of time. What is it God is up to throughout all of time and history? You know, we mentioned at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, their temptation ended in sin. That sin has continued to bring about ruin and misery for humanity year in and year out. 2021 is not an exception. 2022 will not be an exception. I know, I see the memes out there. Can't wait to get done with this year so that 2022 will be... How do you even know that, right? We don't. That's where we started, by the way. But one thing we do know is that at the end, when it's all said and done, so to speak, God will, number one, he will be glorified and he will bring many sons and daughters to glory, which itself will glorify our God. And that's a big reason why the end is better. Better is the end even of human history than its beginning. And by faith, we anticipate that. Let us pray. Your wisdom, God, is beyond us. 
We seek just to touch the hem of the garment. We pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom to soberly, properly evaluate not just this past year, but the life you have given us to recognize what it is you are up to in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And may we, by faith, look forward to the end when we will be with you, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit forever. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen.